Welcome to the Movies to Watch Before You Die podcast. My name is Gab. My name is Dylan. And we are here to explore some of our favorite movies and get to debating whether or not it is a movie that you must watch before you die. As a former actor, I pride myself on being able to explore plot devices, character analysis, and also just what makes a movie great. And as a former video editor, I like to talk about, you know, what went on behind the scenes, the writing of the movie. And I think what we want to bring you here is not just our opinion, but we're also going to try and bring some of the facts into the equation too, to see, because I think Gab and I have both agreed that at some point, nostalgia has definitely clouded our judgment on some of these films. Cough, cough, Johnny Dangerously, cough, cough. Um, <laughs> cough, the, cough, Indiana Jones. Uh, it, it hurts to say that that did, but <laughs> we want this to be hopefully something that you can watch going forward and say, you know, oh, I definitely need to check out this movie or uh, or maybe that you can just agree with us or disagree with us, but we definitely want to just get you into it and hopefully get you watching some movies you've never seen before. So I think without further ado, we should get into what the plot is, right? Yeah. What's this all been about? What am I working toward? You think you know everything about me, don't you? I die, but you're bottom. I bloody well ought to. So this week I chose the movie. Uh, this is a movie that I loved very much in college. It stars the one and only Lindsay Lohan, who I think is a very underappreciated actor um, who unfortunately had a personal life that kind of got in the way of her success, um, but who should be appreciated nonetheless. This movie stars Lindsay Lohan, Jane Fonda and Felicity Huffman, and it is called Georgia Rule. Dylan, tell us about it. So. First of all, I'm, I'm going to try not to spoil it in the description, but I want to give a blanket spoiler warning. We do spoil every one of these movies. Yes. But what is this movie about? So the movie is about Lindsay Lohan's character, Rachel, and her living with her grandmother, played by Jane Fonda, Georgia. While that's going on, um, Felicity Huffman's character, Lily. Mm hmm is obviously also crucial to this, but has a fractured relationship with both of them. And it's really about these three generations of women coming together while dealing with what may also be a terrible, dark secret, which is interesting to say because this is somewhat of a comedy too. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that would be what I would say what the plot is in the simplest of terms, because I it's not something that you want to spoil too much. I guess I could also tell you from the get go, because I was told this and it didn't ruin it for me. Rachel is a liar. Yeah. And I, I don't think the movie hides that but because it's our protagonist. You want to believe her and you strive to believe her. But I think that's me getting to my opinion. So I think it's time for our new segment. Opinion time. In this critic's opinion. You know, that's just like. Uh... Your opinion, man. Well, I have a right to my opinion, and my opinion is you have no right to your opinion. All right. Um, I guess I'll begin. I have always appreciated this movie because I think it hits on something that really intrigues me as an actor and someone interested in character development, and that is whether or not you can trust the protagonist, like you said. So, um, Rachel, uh, can I spoil it? Can we get into it? Oh, yeah. We gave the blanket spoiler warning. Uh, again, we always recommend that you watch these movies before we talk about it so that you can see if you agree or disagree with us. But if not, if we've spoiled everything and it still seems interesting, we want you to check it out. But yeah, let's let's get into it. I mean, that's yeah. what we're here for. Cool. So Rachel is a troubled teenager. She they allude to her doing drugs, lying to her parents, her mom and her stepfather. Um 
lying about applying for colleges, just clearly a train wreck of a young woman. And so that is why she's sent away from California to live with her grandmother in Idaho for the summer. Um, Idaho, the she, ultimate punishment of a state. Yeah. Although the the house that, that the grandmother lives in was lovely. I was like, damn, that's not what I thought Idaho to be well, at they all. Did, they filmed it in California. Yeah, fair. So she goes to Idaho and um, essentially it comes out while she's gone. Uh, she confesses to somebody that her stepfather was uh, having sex with her from the time she was 12 until she was 14. And that sort of becomes why she's acted out as a teenager, why she's rebelled. And uh, she's been using that as a bargaining chip with her stepfather to get things um, that she wants, basically. And so it comes out and then obviously it, it shatters her mother's world and the mother comes back to Idaho to confront her and she says that she was lying. She just said it to make a point, but you believed me. So what does that say about him? And then she admits again that it really did happen, but then she takes it back and you, you sort of watch this unfold and you think, is this really, is this, did this really happen? Uh, obviously the stepfather claims that it didn't and that she's a liar and look at all that her history of telling lies and getting into trouble. And you kind of don't know who to believe. And I think Lindsay Lohan does such a phenomenal job of convincing you both that she's telling the truth and that she's lying, um, that it's really hard to kind of decide whether or not you believe her as the viewer. Well, I definitely went back and forth on it. And I remember I remember being very proud of myself during the Lizzie McGuire movie that I quickly was able to figure out that Paolo was a bad guy. Big props uh -huh. to me on that one. Yep, you're uh, brilliant. But <laughs> but on this one, I kept going back and forth with is she like, is this just cries for attention? Is this real? Is she making it up? Because she's lying about so many other things too during the movie. Yeah. You know, she's clearly playing games with people. And I think another thing, you know, that I'll give credit to is some of the casting is really well done. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that the stepfather is played by Carrie Elwes, who Carrie Elwes generally plays pretty good people, I feel like. Yeah. But most famously, he is Wesley from The Princess Bride. Amazing. As you wish, you know, he is, to me, every time I see Carrie Elwes, I think of that movie and he's just the best guy in that movie. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, don't make Carrie Elwes a pervert. Like I was like, yeah. oh, no. Um, so I think I wanted to trust him. Mm -hmm. um, I will say I found it very interesting that in one of the very first interactions, um, I think it's Lily's first interaction with Georgia is lying. So I thought that was interesting. The, like the very first thing she does is lie to her that like, oh, I don't smoke. Like, And it's like it's an offhand thing, but it just goes to show how casually she lies. And maybe that's part of where Rachel has it from, too. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell that, you know, she and Georgia, you know, she goes and sees her mother for what we find out is the first time in 13 years and they don't hug. Um, it's very uncomfortable, that first interaction. And so she has a splintered relationship with her mother. And that makes sense as to why Rachel has a splintered relationship with her own mother. And, you know, you can kind of see like it. you, you sort of get the feeling that it's not really Rachel's fault, that this is not um it's not that she was brought up in a household where there was a lot of love and affection um, and that generationally this seems to be some kind of issue that that all the women in the family have. Um, but it it does really create this question of can I trust the protagonist? And, and, you know, I think in a lot of ways, like the movie is a little heavy handed. There are some moments that are like a little over the top. I think the character of um, 
I wouldn't say the love interest, but a boy that she becomes friends with Harlan. I think Mm -hmm. that storyline is a little like heavy handed. Um, I think that uh, her relationship with the doctor who at some point, um, although, you know what, I will say, I think that the they tied it up nicely with a bow. So she ends up a Georgia. Her grandmother gets her a job working as a secretary for the local veterinarian whose name is Simon. And she works for him and she starts to go home with him and make him dinner. And it's clear that she like kind of wants something to happen between the two of them. And at one point she actively tries to sleep with him and he says, no, he says, um, uh, he referring to the stepfather ruined this for you he made it impossible for you to love me as a friend or a father without us sleeping together and it was so like that moment was so striking to me as like that is really what happens to women that are exposed to that kind of sexual relationship at such a young age you know it's a very good scene and that's a very good character um i think the actor's dermot mulrooney i think is his name Mm -hmm. part of me I remember in the beginning of the film, I wanted to not like his performance because it's such a subdued performance and he he doesn't really exude a lot. He's not going big with anything, mm-hmm. but he just does such a good job. And I think maybe it's part of what he's supposed to be is he's a very steady presence. Yeah. And I think earlier she tries to seduce Harlan and she does. Um, and Harlan, by the way, who is a Mormon. Uh, going for two years on a mission for the Mormon church. Uh, he is a virgin, like someone who shouldn't be easily seduced. And yet it takes no, you know, no effort it's at very all. Very easily seduced. And I think she literally says to Harlan, I just wanted, you know, I think I wanted you to say no, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's obviously a big deal when Simon actually is a good male figure who does say no. And I think what we haven't gotten to yet and what we haven't really discussed is none of this seems very funny. Yeah, and I think yeah. my my big opinion, like if I was going to give you one opinion that really solidified everything for me is there's a good movie in here, but tonally it feels amiss. You know what I mean? Sure. I, I really don't appreciate the comedic aspects mixed with the semi-incestual molestation that is really at the center of our story. A stepfather may be molested a stepdaughter and we're like, you know, there's a blooper reel that I was yeah. able to look up for this film kind of feels inappropriate for there to be a blooper reel on this i was thinking yeah 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 yeah, for sure and i almost feel like when you watch it you can kind of feel the shift from in the beginning there are a lot more comedic moments and then at the end it kind of tapers off i do think at the very least the comedic moments pretty much stay with jane fonda um who seems to be the sort of um steady presence and the um I, I don't know how to phrase it she's she's sort of the uh the the foundation of all of the women right like she's the one kind of holding them both together and helping them to come together and helping them to get through the situation so for her to kind of be the the lightheartedness I think makes sense because it would be silly coming from the girl who was molested or the woman whose husband molested her daughter um and you know the other tertiary characters i think have some moments of lightheartedness i think the big problem i have was i don't feel like it stayed with just georgia and Mm -hmm. i i don't think georgia in fact is very georgia is the straight man of most situations whereas everybody is playing comedically off of her like you know there are these two little kids that i guess she babysits but she says she literally refers to them as her friends yeah like 
Lindsay Lohan somehow, you know, Rachel ends up in a fight with the little kid and the kid gets a boner. And I was like, you know, at at the time I was like, oh, that's funny. But by the end of the movie, I was like, oh, that, that feels very inappropriate now. Like already it was yeah. inappropriate. And that was what was supposed to make it funny. That was like, little kid got a boner. And now I'm like, little kid got a boner and stepfather molestation movie. <laughs> yeah, like, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also just feel like even at the very end, which we're going to get into super spoilers which you know even you know just the fact that there is a possible molestation which you know spoiler 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 it is a molestation but at the very end you know she lily isn't sure if she's going to go back with uh her husband or not arnold arnold yes she confirms basically that for a fact he did it with one thing that he says about leaving the car with uh leaving his ferrari with rachel Mm mm-hmm which would have been conspicuous even if Rachel hadn't already said earlier, like he tried to pay me off with a car when she was younger. Yeah, he bought her a Mustang to keep her quiet, so she yes. crashed it. And it still feels like even in that moment when she freaks out in the car, that I'm uh, like they, I feel that they want me to laugh at it. And I'm like, this is hmm. very tragic. This is not. That's funny. so interesting that you felt like that moment was meant to be funny. I, I felt like most moments were trying to be funny. I felt like they tried to be funny a lot more than they tried to be serious from what I felt. Yeah. And yeah. I'll give you that. Like, I really feel like, you know, there's a good movie in here, but Harlan, that character, I'm like, that character should not exist at all in this film. Agreed. Especially at the end, he at the end, there's a shot of Rachel and her mother hugging. And obviously the mother just found out that she was telling the truth and, you know, whatever. Yes, It's very and- cathartic that they're finally embracing each other. Yep, I love you. It's it's very nice. And Harlan looks at Georgia, and they're probably about 10 feet away watching this unfold, and says, uh, I just want you to know that I'm in love with your granddaughter, and when I get back from my mission, I fully intend on marrying her. And I was like, first of all, she didn't say she wanted to marry you. She actually told you multiple times she doesn't want to marry you. Also, can we not be marrying off the girl who's about to confront her stepfather legally for molesting her when she was underage? Again, it feels like they I remember I think I remember that being in the trailers for this movie, which I did. You know, I, I several times make this movie up with another Lindsay Lohan movie, Prairie Home Companion. It turns <laughs> out they have nothing to do with each other. The, no. the trailers just got mixed in my brain. But that line, again, hit me in such a gross way that I was like, not the time. Like, yeah. and I really by the end of this movie, I was like man, that character should not exist. Yeah, I agree. Not that Garrett Hedlund does a bad job playing him or anything like that. And he's gone on to, you know, bigger roles. But it just feels, even in the comedic version of this, I'm like, he's not quite funny enough. And it's nice that he, he really is like her only friend. But he's, by the end of this movie, he's definitely just supposed to be her friend. And the fact that he's like, I'm going to marry that girl. It's like, I don't think you're getting this, that she's not okay. And the fact that she hooked up with you is not an indication that you guys should get married. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think what I, what I came to find rewatching this movie as an adult, because it really had been a long time was that what I appreciate about it are, there are two things I appreciate about this. Number one, I think Lindsay Lohan does an incredible job. I think it just goes to show, and this is a movie that she got in trouble on the set of quite a bit showing up late, calling out because she was hungover, She was out partying too much. Um, and I still think she delivers a phenomenal performance where you truly up until the end, when uh, the character of Arnold, Carrie, uh, Carrie L- Elwes. Elwes, I always want to say Elwes, Carrie Elwes admits that it was true 
that's the that's when you know you can believe her. And if she were any less of a phenomenal actress, you would you would know right away. It would be just be given away because yeah. obviously Lindsay Lohan, the actress, knows from the very beginning that it's true. Yeah, you do know even well, I think there is one scene even before that that does confirm it too. Um, when she confronts Arnold in the hotel room and it is just the two of them and he sort of lets down his guard a little bit like he doesn't admit to I don't think he fully admits it in that moment like he does later but he says more than enough to confirm yes um, yeah uh, yeah I guess I don't think it's enough I, I don't know you could go either I way will say, I will say I do you know every all the performances in the movie are good everyone acting wise is doing a fine job you know, I think that you had said to me that you thought this was like Lindsay Lohan deserved Academy Award nominations maybe for this. And I was like, maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but it's she definitely stretch. did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All the performances are really good. I just feel like the performances are partly in the wrong movie. Yeah. You know, it's too much comedy. And, you know, we'll talk about Gary Marshall more in a second who directed this movie, but it it's very plainly shot and it's shot comedically with all that um, high key lighting and not high key in the sense that uh, when I say high key lighting, it means that there's hardly any shadow and everything is bright and easy to see. Mm -hmm. So you would think of like a sitcom almost. Yeah. Uh, you know, and to me, it's sort of, it, it feels wrong when I'm thinking about it. I'm like, this definitely could have been done better in the hands of a different director. Sure. Um, But maybe now is the time that we should, get to the facts of the film and talk about some hard truths rather than just what you and I think. All right, let's do it. I want the truth! Face the facts, dokes. Facts have no place with an organized religion. So we're going to start off very simply with what's the actual plot summary from IMDb. Not that IMDb is like super official, but we're going to give their plot summary. Sure, read it to me. A troubled young woman is sent to live with her grandmother for the summer while hiding a secret that could potentially tear her family apart. Now, that does a good job, spoiler free, of saying it too. Mm -hmm. The tagline for the film, in this family, attitude doesn't skip a generation. Oh, okay. Which again, feels like a weird tagline for this movie still, but I'm yeah. like, okay, it feels like they didn't know whether to make a comedy or a drama, and this doesn't feel appropriate for a dramedy. Mm -hmm. IMDb gives this a 5.9 out of 10. Not great, not terrible, doesn't really support your claim of movie to watch before you die, but what about Rotten Tomatoes? What do they say? The audience score is a 52%, which again, not great, not terrible. Yeah. The tomato meter, unfortunately, is a, a lot less kind than those like middling responses. The tomato meter is a full on splat with a 19%. Oof. I definitely think that is overly harsh. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else can we get into here? Rotten Tomatoes, critics consensus. Comedic and dramatic in all the wrong places. Georgia Rule is a confused dramedy that wastes the talents of its fine cast. Which definitely, you know, I feel like that goes towards what you and I have both been saying. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. like after this movie, too, I wanted to know more. So I did look up like, OK, is there making of? Is there behind the scenes? That type of thing. And there is. And what's very interesting is Gary Marshall is talking. And I do want to say first, it looks like it was a wonderful set. Everybody had a great time. Gary Marshall could not be a better director to work with. That's all great. Now. Gary Marshall and producer Jim Robinson called this funny with a serious side to it. And producer Jim Robinson calls it a chick flick. Uh. And neither of those terms feels inappropriate. And the fact that like 
this what this movie's about the fact that the guy thought of it as a chick flick i'm like that seems really messed up on that guy's part because that's not yeah. what this is no not at all like if anything if you wanted to even use the words female empowerment that i could understand but chick flick to me has like a definitely different connotation to this yeah i totally i totally agree with you this is not a chick flick i think i don't even know that this is female empowerment i think this is more like mother daughter like it's definitely generational yeah yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah it's a coming together for a family yes yeah oof that's brutal we do have some awards that okay. was uh nominated in one so first zachary gordon who plays ethan the uh as we alluded to previously boner boy <laughs> won a young artist award for best performance in a feature film supporting young actor so i'm like okay all right good for him i guess it won best feature film at the prism awards which okay i wonder what like i don't know the history of the prism awards i was just like wow just one best picture flat out okay yeah um and <laughs> this one i feel like comes off kind of bad it was nominated by the alliance of women film journalists for the movie you wanted to love but just couldn't <laughs> which i'm like good on them for that category that is brilliant yeah oh man that's funny yeah um listen you know i i i want to be firm in my conviction on this but having watched it again as an adult um, thinking, you know, because you also have to remember that when I watched this movie in college, I was an actor and I was so pleased with Lindsay Lohan's performance because in acting school, you what you're really learning is how to always be telling the truth, even if you're lying, um, you know, in simple terms. And so this was such a, a living, breathing example of that, that I was so enamored uh, with her performance. But now it's like, yeah, this movie was a little uncomfortable. And I think that's the best way to describe it is that when it is humorous in such a serious moment or about such serious concepts, um, it does make you feel uncomfortable because it's kind of like, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it, there's nothing about it that really kind of str like tickles your funny bone, so to speak. Um, but. I, I I can agree with that. Like, I think it it could have been a really good movie if they had just let go of the idea that it was supposed to make people laugh. Yes. Now, continuing with our, our uh, fact vibe, um, the writer of this movie is a man named Mark Andrews, who also wrote As Good As It Gets, which I think Jack Nicholson won an Academy Award. For. Mm, yeah. Um, I didn't really recognize anything else that I'd seen that he had written, but I looked up Gary Marshall, obviously, has a much you know longer and storied career. But mm -hmm. a lot of what he's done is very straight up comedy. So I'm going to read a couple of, you know, his most notable movies that I saw overboard, pretty woman, runaway bride, the princess diaries, and all those holiday movies, the Valentine's days, your new year's eves, your mother's days. And I'm like, yep. that does not jive well with this movie. And it feels yeah. like, you know, it feels like they didn't know what they were doing in a small sense. Gary Marshall literally said in one of the behind the scenes things, I usually do comedy drama. This is a drama comedy. So a switch for me. And I didn't feel like it was a drama comedy. Yeah. No, I agree. And you know what? There's always moments of comedy in drama just to lighten the mood, but this just overdid it. And it wasn't, it was hard to get into the emotional space you needed to be in to deal with this subject matter. Yeah. Now the, the last uh, vestige of hope for me for, you know, proving you right or wrong. I was like, maybe this will be on her side. 
was the box office. I always love to check mm-hmm. box office numbers. So you normally want to double your budget at least to make back your money. The yep. budget of the film was $20 million, which I think seems, you know, pretty reasonable. you got a few big names in here. And uh, I did find out again, watching the behind, behind the scenes stuff is they used some CG to make the backgrounds look more like Idaho. I oh. was very surprised. I was like, oh, there's CG in this. Like, okay. Wow. I didn't notice this. So I guess they did a good job. The final box office gross for this film was just over $25 million. Uh Yeah, so did not make back its money. This was definitely, uh, you know, after your your advertising and your press, this was a bit of a loser in terms of money-making, too. Damn. Um, now, I did write down some reviews here, just the blurbs from Rotten Tomatoes. But I do think first I should read, on IMDb, they had a featured review. And, you know, this is, you know, I'm... I'm just giving the facts. I'm not here to prove or disprove you. And mm-hmm. this was one. It was the featured review. This person gives an eight out of 10. And it was a child abuse victim speaks up as a victim of abuse myself. I can well understand the denial of the mother, especially if she was already a boozer. The grandmother, so well played by Jane Fonda, obviously felt the guilt from turning her own child into an alcoholic who then allowed this abuse to go on under her roof. She became the typical non-defending parent. The scene with Dermot Mul- uh, Dermot Mulrooney, Simon, in which he talks to her about the different kinds of love between an older man and a young woman that differs from the abusive kind rings quite true. Because for people like us, it's hard to tell the difference as you emerge from your parental hell. You only know how to relate in a sexual manner with any man. It takes a lot of education and experience to learn to appreciate and enjoy the other kinds of love and affection. Until then, it all seems fake. Don't know what the reviewers had to say about this, but I appreciate Jane and Gary for actually tackling such a loaded subject. Now, I think both of us are going to end up agreeing that, you know, this film was not an eight out of 10 for, I think either of us by this point, mm-hmm. but I got to say, I, I, you know, as somebody who came out of this movie thinking it wasn't very good, I found it very meaningful that somebody wrote that and that somebody thought that highly of the movie after having lived through an awful experience. Yeah. Not to, not to bring down the mood too much, but I just thought I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's, that gave it a lot more credit to me than any one of the other reviewers who, you know, did plenty to say negative about it. Yeah. To bring the mood back up, do you want to hear some of those? Please. Okay. <laughs> Richard Roper of the Chicago Sun-Times, it's a shame Lohan's best work to date is bogged down in a film that wants to be in the same league as Terms of Endearment, but is only marginally better than Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. Oh, God. Now, I've never seen Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, but that's quite a dig at both. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Kyle Smith of New York Post, do not take your mom to Georgia Rule unless she's Roseanne Barr. You may expect a three-generational chick flick, but what you get is a child rape comedy. Oh, God. You know what, though? You, funny story. The first time I ever watched this movie, my dad was working late. So I was like, Mom, you want to watch this Lindsay Lohan movie with me? And we put it on, and halfway through, my mom was like, you got to turn this off. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. You know when you're, like, really uncomfortable sitting with your mom? It was like that. And yeah, I was no, like, I can imagine. Right. Okay. Um, I got a couple more here. Keith Phipps. Director Gary Marshall has too much confidence that he can match the weighty issues here with the light comedy. He can't, or at least he can't with this cast. Hmm. Now, Kim Williams, this person gave it a positive review. She gave it three out of four. A genre-bending female empowerment flick masquerading as titillating teens flirt. I do find it funny that she gave it a positive review, and even her blurb, I'm like, that still comes off bad. Yeah. (laughs) Sean McBride, does anybody really want to see a quirky incest comedy? Yuck. (laughs) Ken Henke, Georgia Rule isn't a bad movie. It's several bad movies in one with a good movie trying to get out. Okay. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Here's another one that I thought was going to be a good review and it turned out not to. If there's not a dry eye in the house when Lily and Rachel finally hug, it's only because audiences will have cleared out by that point. Wow. <laughs> Which I'm like, oh my God, sick burn. Oh my um, God. I did find it interesting though that Ron Tomatoes, you know, they do them. Uh, is chronologically the word I'm going to use in order of like when the reviews were put out? Yes. I know words. <laughs> so there was two that were more recent. This is a movie that came out in 2007. Mm-hmm. So first from 2019, Michael Compton. The actors are sabotaged by Mark, sabotaged by Marshall and screenwriter Mark Andrews, who make the fatal decision of trying to water down its grim story with forced comedy. The other one is uh, from this year, James Crute. Georgia Rule reminds as to why Lohan, unlike some of Hollywood's other troublemakers of the late noughties, has been missed. Hmm. So I do think at the time, you know, I think right when the movie came out, it's probably easy to join in the the bog of negative reviews because I did find it interesting that the two more recent ones are definitely, they're still negative, but much less so. And they're much more willing to recognize that there were good things in here because I definitely, you know, I, I, I didn't come out of this going, I hated this movie. This movie was trash. No, I came out of it saying like, I could see something good in there. Yeah. And obviously there are people who really do like this. And I'm still like, it's funny. I just read probably like between six and 10 horrible blurbs. Even the yeah. good review was a horrible blurb. And that one good review still has me like, but goddamn, this movie hit somebody well. And that's like, that's meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I, I think, um, I think what we can all agree on is that this was a good movie executed poorly. Or at least uh, it has the bones of a good movie. Yeah. And I do think the writing and directing are trying to, you know, it, it feels like uh, I'm not much of a cook, but I'm going to try and make a, a food metaphor here. It's Uh-oh. like I'm cooking chicken and I'm seasoning it with all the wrong things. Like I'm seasoning yes. it with mint and like chocolate sauce and <laughs> like everything I could that like would fuck this up. The chicken was cooked perfectly though. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it doesn't yeah. really matter by this point, you know, you may as well take right. a dump on my chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will give you that. I will give you that. Um, there are two moments that I want to talk about specifically, if I may go on. One moment is, and I mentioned this to you offline, I think before we watched this movie, and that was that there's a part that is so funny to me that is clearly, it it's clearly an improv line. It said there's a hard cut uh, because clearly everyone was laughing at that point, and it's in a serious moment, um, and I want to know if you were able to pick it out. I, To be honest, first, I had totally forgot you saying that to me. Um, and it happens during a serious moment and there's a hard cut from the scene. Like the scene just ends on a comedic line in a serious No, moment. no, no. So they cut from Simon right back to uh, Rachel because Simon says something so funny and it's clearly improv and you can just tell that everyone started laughing. So they just cut right away. Oh, I'm not sure. What was it? So she comes, I believe the first time she, it's, it's right after. So in the, in the movie, Rachel says to Simon who lost his wife and his son in a car accident and has never been the same, um, that everyone suffers. Uh, we just don't all have to be so sad doing it. And, and that's the moment that she tells him that she was sexually assaulted by her stepfather when she was 12. Yeah. And, um, after that, 
she walks away. And then in the following scene, I believe she goes to his apartment to say she had made it up. And he says to her, I already told your grandmother. And thus the plot unfolds. Um, when she gets there, she's holding a bag of fish that she bought to make him dinner. And she says, you know, I just said it to prove a point. And he goes, well, I already told your grandmother. And she takes the bag of fish and hits him in the arm and goes, why did you do that? And he immediately goes, don't hit me with fish. And then they <laughs> cut right away. And it's so funny. You can just tell that was not written in the dialogue, but he just says, don't hit me with fish. And it just like cuts to Lindsay Lohan being like very angry and serious. And it's so funny and I, I i probably haven't seen this movie in like 10 years and i think at least once a week i think to myself don't hit me with fish i think i probably did notice how quickly it cut away but that is uh that is pretty funny and you know what we do always point out quotability i know that there's at least like one or two quotes that i had wrote down at the t- like while i'm watching it you know I'm, I'm always leaving these notes to myself which you know there's a couple things that like at the time were funny and i'm like by the end of this movie, I'm like, I don't feel good about liking these quotes as much yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. But what were they? Dude, you don't pull a boner in a battle. Yep, which I was like, that. okay, that's funny. And it's Harlan brings Rachel to his Mormon girlfriend to come out and tell the truth. Um, That, you know, they did this horrible thing. And at first, to soften the blow, Rachel's like, maybe just tell her we kissed. And they do that. And then he, he can't hold that in. So he admits that. She blew yep. him and he says, she gave me oral sex, but we didn't kiss. <laughs> My favorite is when she goes, um, he says, we kissed and the girlfriend goes on the mouth and Rachel goes, no, not on the mouth. I would never do that <laughs> yeah, or something she does like say that. that as well. So Which again, funny. at the top, I was like, that's funny. So um, funny. And then as the movie gets further and I'm like, oh, this is, that's a horribly serious situation, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think silly. I just mixed sensitive and situation into the word sensuation, but it, it worked. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely has has quotability. Uh, my other favorite line, the other moment I wanted to discuss is uh, because of what happens between Rachel and Harlan, um, the girlfriends of June, Harlan's girlfriend, start following them around to make sure that they're not doing yeah. anything. And at one point, she gets in the driver's seat of the truck after they've been stalking her. She whips the car and starts chasing them in the car while they're running on foot. She corners them, gets out of the car and walks up to the one like the the head girl, so to speak shakes her hand and goes, hi, I'm Rachel. And basically says, if you follow me, if you do this, if you do that. And she gives them this really serious speech. And at the end, she looks at them and she goes, I will find your boyfriends and I will fuck them stupid. And I, first of all, that's the monologue that I always use to audition for things. And it it actually got (laughs) me pretty far because it's so good. Um, And she just does like calm, indignant very well. Um, I think it's a great, great, great monologue. Um, But I just, I love that. I love that moment. I just think she is such a badass. Now, there was a quote in this movie that I hated. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe, maybe it's a credit to it that I hated because it, 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 like, it hurt me to hear this line. And Lily says at one point, Georgia says to Lily, why do you need to hurt? Uh, I think the three of them are together, I guess. I didn't write down enough context in my damn note. But it says, why do you need to hurt her? Because you slept with my husband. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like it just felt so gross, and I, yeah. I, you know, maybe it's supposed to, and maybe it's supposed to feel gross, and we don't know who we can trust and all that. But I was just like really saddened by it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think it it goes to show that 
Lily is also a victim here. And based on Rachel's behavior, like Rachel has done so much to hurt her mother that, you know, there's part of, of you that wonders, like, did she do it out of spite? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I did also write down just because it's like, besides, you know, really the lighting, the only like filmmaking thing I noticed was there's a moment where Lily is on the phone. Um, and I want to say, I want to say it's when Georgia first calls her. But we're in like this dramatic Dutch angle. And I was like, okay, what's up with that? And it feels like the cameraman just like wanted to sit down. <laughs> like I feel like <laughs> things are just on a total slant because like somebody just got lazy or something. Like uh, it, there didn't seem to be any motivation behind it. So it just looked very weird to me. Yeah. 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 I think I think ultimately this film is a little confused. Um yes. so let's talk about the final verdict. Yes, let's get to our verdicts. Yeah. Or do not. There is no try. The guilty will be punished. Sentence to death. I will go first. I will say that coming into this, I thought this was a movie to watch before you die. Um, I think at this point, after rewatching it and having this discussion with you, I will say that this is a movie to watch before you die if you love Lindsay Lohan as much as I do. But anyone else, I think you could probably go without seeing this. Yeah, I would say it's it's not a movie to watch before you die. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. Thank you. And it's not, you know, it doesn't... I remember going back to Johnny Dangerously that I had, you know, said just being boring is like the worst thing you can be. And I will say this movie wasn't just boring. You know, it there was some very good performances in here. It's just tonally messy. But I agree with you that it's not a movie to watch before you die. Now, we're not celebrating that. No, like no, I no. said, uh, yeah. for when we uh, talked about the Lisa McGuire movie, I don't think the agreement that we want to celebrate is that we're both like, oh, it turns out we're both wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. This has to be a. It, we're going to celebrate a movie that we both agree is one to watch before you die, and we haven't yet had that moment, but hopefully soon. Um, Dylan, why don't you tell us what's coming up next week? Uh, you know, I I wavered back and forth on it, but I think I like to do a lot of different stuff. So for next week, I'm going to go with an, the Emperor's New Groove. Ah, uh, yes, I can't wait. I think I'm going to love that one. I hope so. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you have anything you want to add, please feel free to email us at movies to watch before you die at gmail.com or anchor.fm slash movies to watch. Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. I'll take something like that seriously. You stupid ass. Don't hit me with fish.